0: Hey, welcome to Crazy Biatch Asians. This is a podcast where we discuss the issues Asians can face in the Western world with a critical mind, a bit of healthy debate, and lots of tea. Hosted by Sydney-based digital marketer, Sharon Jiang, and journalist, Juna
1: Hey, hey, hey. On today's episode, we're chatting all things ABG, aka the Asian baby girl, <laughs> We're digging a little deeper than the general meme stereotype and looking at the meaning and etymology of this cultural phenomenon. So, Juna, as we both
0: know, Sydney is now in our sixth week of lockdown. (laughs) We do hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of ready to get out of my trackies, dress up and go out out.
1: Oh my goodness those were the days and as much as I complain about clubbing and just going out in general I miss it and seeing everyone overseas especially looking like actual human beings dressed in proper clothes and having fun with their friends both brings sadness but also brings hope that there are good times ahead for us. Totally let's
0: just focus on the good times ahead because Lockdown will be over sooner or later. So in an effort to keep everyone's spirits up, we've got a fun episode today, one that might make you nostalgic for your clubbing days or get you excited for when we can finally go out. Today, we're talking about the cultural phenomenon that is the ABG,
1: Asian baby girl. Just a disclaimer that we're still currently recording via Zoom, so the sound may not be as crisp as usual. Last week in our Inappropriate Questions
0: and Statements Part 2 episode, we touched on the ABG, but we only scraped the surface of this cultural phenomenon.
1: Yes, so to reiterate our previous ep, according to Urban Dick, the top definition of an Asian baby girl is, ABGs like to hang with gangsters and wear thin, slutty clothing. They normally have a ride or die homie, someone who is always down for them or die trying. ABGs are also known for dyeing their hair a lot from blonde to black. They have many piercings, multiple on the ears and stomach slash lip. They probably have teased hair, bangs and have had extensions at one point or another could also have painted nails and tattoos. ABGs are super hot, but you would probably get jumped if you tried to hit on them. Hmm. I think to add to this very descriptive definition, they also love going to raves and post about it on Instagram. They have perfectly filled in eyebrows and the rose or dragon tattoo and, you know, body piercings. Mm-hmm. What are some other stereotypical traits that you can think of, Shaz.
0: I feel like we've covered lots of them, but on the top of my head, I'm thinking drinking boba tea, a full face of makeup with false eyelashes being like the defining factor, drives a BMW, has balayage hair and really long acrylic nails. And if you're really extra, you've got like little um, rhinestones on your nails. (laughs) The the Korean nail art.
1: Exactly. The Korean nail art. (laughs) So it's also seen as the complete opposite of the other ABG. So the other ABG is the Asian Bible Girl, which according to several Facebook groups is a wholesome girl who loves Jesus and is probably a part of the rice movement. And no, not the actual rice that you eat, but I think if you know anything about rice and church, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And there's also this one trait of the Asian Bible Girl that goes, BOBA isn't an acronym for bubble tea, but for Asian Bible girls, it stands for Bible over boys. Amen. (laughs) Anyone want an episode on this ABG? (laughs) But what's most interesting, though, is that the definition for your Asian baby girls on Urban Dictionary concludes with the statement. Most Asian girls do not appreciate being called an ABG. However, then you see a lot of young women on popular Facebook groups like Subtle Asian Dating who proudly call themselves ABGs.
0: Absolutely. And it's funny how you mentioned the other ABG because I've never heard of the Asian Bible Girl until now but now that you've brought it up, it totally brings back memories of high school, because I actually know a few Asian Bible girls. And when you said the rice movement, oh, that was totally a thing back in high school. <laughs> rice, exactly. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's like a repressed memory coming back to me. <laughs> so back to the Asian baby girls. So before looking into this episode, my understanding and perception of ABGs was admittedly really shallow. I knew them as this memeable stereotype, this visual aesthetic that's very easy to spot from a mile away but there's actually an interesting analysis behind the ABG, and it's quite culturally significant within the Asian American and now also the Asian Australian community.
1: Yes, we've talked about Asian fetish in many previous episodes, which really unpicked the lotus blossom stereotype. Yeah, exactly. So to quickly explain
0: the lotus blossom stereotype, it's basically the submissive Asian woman stereotype. However, the ABG stereotype, which was born in the late 90s and early
1: 2000s is a direct contrast to the Lotus Blossom one. According to the F Word magazine, quote, the ABG leads the counterculture against the decades-long Orientalist stereotype of Asian-American women as a submissive lotus blossom. So it basically subverts the idea that Asian women are quiet, shy and reserved and paved the way for Asian women to be loud and brash and opinionated, which seems to be the general personality of ABGs you see today. Exactly. So ABGs are social butterflies
0: at heart. So to quote the F Word magazine again, the writer says, personality-wise, the ABG is usually incredibly sociable, projecting an easy confidence that stands in stark contrast with the acquiescent attitudes of previous stereotypes. So they're basically party girls with a carefree attitude, and in a way, this also subverts the Western idea that all Asians are nerds with glasses and will do your maths homework. And speaking of which, this actually reminds me of a conversation we were having with one of our listeners. He raised the point that if you're an outgoing Asian, you're not a typical Asian in inverted commas, which plays into this idea that Asians are shy and reserved. Shout out to that listener who raised that interesting point. You will know who you are.
1: (laughs) Yes, so the ABG stereotype somewhat rewrites the way Asian women can be perceived in the Western society. Not only that, I feel like it's a huge contrast to traditional Asian values of obeying your elders, not participating in risky or unacceptable behavior like your drinking, drugs, tattoos, dyeing your hair, and dating within your own race as many ABGs date non-Asian men of color. So this is not something we usually see in Australia as we don't have a large African community here. But apparently in the U.S., many ABGs date black men, which is a very touchy topic to many Asian parents. Not saying that this is a good mindset for parents to have, but it exists for the older generations. So to many Asian parents, ABGs are super rebellious.
0: Yeah, I totally agree on that point because it's definitely a rebellion against the good, in inverted commas, straight A student stereotype that many Asian parents prefer. But what I find really ironic, and this is just my personal opinion and experience. While the visual look of the ABG goes against the straight A student look, ABGs aren't inherently dumb or stupid. Many of the ABGs that I know of and were mutual friends with are incredibly intelligent and still got really good grades and now have awesome careers. I think as time went on, an ABG could be two things at once. So going back to the F word magazine, ABGs are the quote types of people to rave on the weekends, but also study extremely hard for their organic chemistry midterm the next day. And to me, that literally sums up the ABGs. I know they studied physics and economics and chemistry, but then they got blitzed on the weekend and went to raves and got crazy.
1: A hundred percent. Every single ABG I know, or well, anyone who identifies as an ABG that I know, they're super intelligent but then they like to party. And to think of it like this, it's quite a powerful statement for Asian women to be able to show others that they can be both smart and sexy. Mm. However, I think I need to stop there because, again, to refer back to the Urban Dictionary definition, some people don't see it as a compliment to be called an ABG, which I want to dabble on later in this episode. Absolutely. Going to that point, we'll definitely get onto the negative sides of ABGs.
0: But I just wanted to say one more thing about this stereotype. And I think the really interesting thing about the ABG stereotype, and I think this can be a larger conversation about stereotypes in general, is that the ABG is a self-imposed stereotype that the Asian community invented. How many times did I just say stereotype in that last (laughs) sentence? so unlike the lotus blossom one that was placed on asian women by white men or the nerdy stereotype typified in hollywood the abg is a pure creation by asians for asians so the f word magazine agrees and says quote unlike its predecessors the abg is actually a self-imposed stereotype Virtually no one outside of the Asian American community knows of the stereotype's existence. And I'm going to add Asian Australian in this mix because ABGs are definitely a thing here too. So, Juna, my question to you is, is a stereotype more appropriate
1: and warranted if it's self-imposed? Oh, okay. I think this is a dangerously fine line. Mm. I completely understand the appeal for Asians who may want to fit into this stereotype. Even in Hollywood, you see Asians still being portrayed as being that unattractive nerd, the comic relief character, or a harmless friend. So Mm. this attitude rebels against that notion and acts as an antithesis. Hence, you see those dramatic lashes and long nails and so forth. But... This is incredibly problematic since you then end up with an entire movement of girls looking like clones of each other's. ABGs are often seen as a group of people defined by their looks and not their individual personalities. So you Mm. kind of get lost amongst this sea of other people who look exactly the same as you and you lose touch of who you actually are. Now Mm. another thing that needs to be raised is that the term gained popularity in the late 1990s to the early 2000s amongst Asian Americans. And according to an article on culture as, during this period, Asian baby gangsters subverted the model minority stereotype, but in damaging and disavowed ways. So, quote, according to posters, the term was reductive more than radical, referencing terms like, gangbangers, sex workers and drug dealers. Somewhere along the line however a gender divide was erected and baby replaced ganger possibly as a nod to the petite stature that many Asian women are said to have. It is a perception critics call the infantilization of Asian women. Now, I don't know about you, Shaz, but that doesn't seem like the most appropriate term anyone would want to associate with. And yet in today's society, you have plenty of women who strive for this aesthetic, not really knowing what an ABG historically represents. So what about you? That is a really, really good point. And I feel
0: like I could not have summed it up better myself because I think a lot of women nowadays adopt the ABG persona without really thinking about the cultural meaning behind it. And it's just like a fun aesthetic or a fun look to do. But I agree with you that it is a dangerously fine line and the stereotype, whether self-imposed or not, does have a negative side. So Juna, why don't you take it away? <laughs>
1: So, this brings up the sexualization and negative connotations associated with the term ABG. So, that Culture As article references a music video, which I never even knew existed until we started researching for this. Mm. The video, titled ABG by rapper Chow Main, conceptualizes the term through the lyrics. So, can you rap it for us? <laughs> Give me a beat, Jazz. <laughs> Give me a beat. Doof, doof, doof. Oh my God, <laughs> that was terrible. No, no, no! I'm yeah, not. I gonna you should just that. read it. <laughs> fake lashes, fake Gucci. That's my Asian baby girl, and she loved to drop that little booty. That my Asian baby girl, my little mama five foot three. That my Asian baby girl, and she loved to pop that e. That my Asian baby girl. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna assume the e is ecstasy and not mm. egg fried rice or something. Yep, let's just make that assumption. <laughs> So this video went viral after being released, but it's now unlisted for obvious reasons. And the footage of the video showed three young Asian women dressed in skimpy and revealing clothing who were actually students at Berkeley at the time of filming. It's scary because ABGs are seen as hypersexualized depictions of a minority group of women who already deal with fetishization like yellow fever or Asian fetish.
0: Mm. So,
1: even though some may see it as a progressive rather than a repressive term, just think about the term ABG Asian baby girl. That in itself is very misogynistic. Yeah. So there's this one quote by Michelle Fang, one of the girls in the rap video in the Culture Oz article, which just made me stop and think. She said, Reclamation became reappropriation, which in turn became repression. Let that just sink in. You made a really
0: interesting point in that I agree that the stereotype sexualizes Asian women who are a group that are already dealing with fetishization. So that's like a really good point because it seems like, you know, with stereotypes, you go from like one end to the other. I have like so many questions with this ABG thing, and this may be just me thinking too much into it. So because the ABG has a very specific look, is it something that can box Asian women in Like if I identify as an ABG, do I have to carry around that made up look 24 seven? If I'm an ABG, am I an ABG all the time or am I like a normal chick by day and ABG by night? Like, is it something fun? I just channel on nights out. Am I like that all the time? Like, I actually don't know because I'm not an ABG. I don't really have ABG friends. So there's just so many questions going through my head. If we have any listeners who have a a better understanding of, you know, of that, we would love to get some answers on this.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the problem here is that there is no ABG organization, so you don't have someone giving you a universal definition of what an Asian baby girl is. And because Mm -hmm. of this, you end up with a million and one different perspectives of what is and isn't an ABG. Mm -hmm. And over time, an ABG evolved from being a drug-dealing gangster slash sex worker into a diehard raver with the boldest fake lashes. And while there are a lot of people who disagree with this term, I think if you do comfortably identify with being called an ABG and you feel like you're able to express your true personality through this persona, then go for it. You know, you do you. Just make sure you're not dealing it to prove yourself to anyone behind this false, you know, persona.
0: Yeah. So we're basically kind of summing it up as in like an ABG can be a persona that some people take on for, I don't know, a certain part of their life. Maybe they're going through teenagehood, they're young adult stages and they're trying to figure out who they are. And you're basically saying if they comfortably identify as that and that is like their style, then bloody go for it, go Mm. for gold. The final thing I find really interesting about this stereotype is the fact that like what i mentioned before in subverting the lotus blossom or nerd generalization the abg has completely flipped to the other side i think you see this a lot in society with with like politics with anything you see like one concept being repressed But then off of that, it completely flips into the complete opposite thing. So if you think about the stereotypes on a spectrum, ABG is going from zero to 100. You've gone from like the nerd to the full-on party chick with like no real middle ground. So is that kind of a good thing or not? And to quote a Vice ID article, Rebellion only goes so far when it is prescriptive, a slipping out of one stereotype and into another. So what it basically says is that with Asian women, there really is no balanced middle. You're either sexualized because you're petite and submissive or sexualized because you're brash and openly slutty in inverted commas, not slut shaming anyone through like the short skirts and that whole like full face of makeup look. I don't know, like, are we reading too much into this? It's now time for CBA College. Don't worry, we won't keep you here for hours lecturing you about geometry and calculus. Instead, both of us will be sharing our most interesting fact of the week so you actually walk away from this podcast having learnt something. So, Juna, why don't you hit
1: us with your fact of the week? Okay, my fact, if you can recall from last week, I hit you with a Guinness World Records fact. Mm -hmm. So this week I'm going to carry on the same tradition and give you another Guinness World of Records fact. This one was verified as of the 25th of January 2021, so very recent. Mm. And I think it will be great for anyone who is in lockdown and is looking for some way to rack in the money. Maybe this is your new career calling. So, famous Chinese vlogger by the name of Li Ziqi has reached fourteen million one hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube breaking the Guinness World Records title for the most subscribers for a Chinese language channel on YouTube. Round of applause for this girl. Wow, 14 million. What does she do on YouTube, please? (laughs) So she released her first YouTube video in 2017 titled Making a Dress Out of Grape Skins." So you can kind of get the gist of what her YouTube channel is about. Her videos have attracted fans from all over the world, as you can guess, 14 million who just loved to watch her seemingly idyllic life in the countryside that is steeped in traditional Chinese culture. Nine years ago, this girl decided to stay in her hometown to take care of her sick grandmother and started to make videos of their life in 2015. So she posts a lot of, her weaving, cooking and farming, um, living with her grandparents in the countryside. It's all just very calming and soothing content. Oh my God, Juna, I'm gonna need to stop you right
0: there for one second because I watch her video. i I know who you're talking about um this section is completely not planned we don't know each other's facts but i'm pretty sure i know who you're talking about she's like this super pretty girl in the countryside and she makes these videos of Mm. her like chopping vegetables washing vegetables in like a, a creek and then she cooks these beautiful meals and it's so relaxing. Isn't
1: it? It's super soothing. Again, another reason why this is this might be a great lockdown hobby for you to get onto because if you just need to relax and log off from everything – Put on one of her videos and you will just instantly be soothed into a phase of tranquility. I don't know. What yeah. she produces is incredible, hence yeah. why she has over 14 million subscribers.
0: And you know what I love about her channel? It literally transports you to another world. The sounds she uses, I don't know who does the videography, but it's mm. like HD
1: camera work. I, I, like. Does she have a film crew? <laughs> Yes, so she originally started shooting all her videos by herself, but she now works with a personal assistant and a videographer. But she herself has been known to climb trees to try and get the perfect overhead angles and, you know, go to crazy lengths to get the perfect shot.
0: Wow. You know what? Good for her. Like someone Mm. like that really deserves the $14 because I've never seen a channel quite like hers ever. Mm. Yeah. Asian talent. That's That's right. Asian talent and you know what it's good to see a creator living in rural parts of Asia because a lot yeah. of the talent you see comes from big cities but stuff like this it shows that wow it's a completely different way of living but it's fantastic it's wonderful mm. okay Shaz on that note your fun fact okay so mine takes place in south korea and it's widely known that many asian countries including japan and south korea have struggled with low fertility rates due to you know the rising cost of living and the difficulty of having both a career and raising kids Um, so in south korea you know local officials have tried to like bolster the fertility rates by paid maternity leave and um, incentives But in 2016, the South Korean government rolled out this, let's just say it's a piece of technology to increase birth rates. And I think it's a prime example of when something you think is a good idea completely backfires and it begs the question, who the heck okayed this idea? Oh, no. So according to the New York Times, the Ministry of the Interior rolled out an online birth map that used shades of pink to rank towns and cities by the number of women of childbearing age. So basically, as a user, you hop online and you can search by an address. Then the results show the number of women between the ages of 15 and 49 who lived in the neighborhood in the past decade. It's like a census map meets creepy Tinder. It's a bit stalkerish, but it's like under the guise of government information. And the whole point was to promote competition amongst the towns to produce more babies.
1: Oh my God. This is no, this is further into creepy Tinder. Exactly. (laughs)
0: <laughs> exactly. So as you can imagine, it was so widely criticised for being misogynistic and super inappropriate that the birth map was shut down hours after its launch. Just an example of some what some critics said, a spokesman for the opposition Justice Party said, quote, it shows the government sees birth rates just as a woman's problem. And another critic said, Quote, they counted fertile women like they counted the number of livestock.
1: God. Yeah, so this is, is cancelled
0: now. This doesn't exist. Oh my God, it totally does not exist. So if you go on the page, it's like a, we'll, we're coming back once, you know, we'll be back sometime. Yeah. It hasn't been back for years.
1: Wow. Permission for this to never come back.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Guys, it just Google South Korea birth map and you'll see what it looks like. It's like a map with all these different shades of pink. And it basically shows you where all the, where all the childbearing women are. That's a very good fact. I think you won again this week (laughs) oh my god no way honestly that YouTube woman is fantastic I love her
1: anything to promote her I'm so for (laughs) I actually really loved doing this episode, Chaz, and I think the research behind all of this has really opened up my eyes to realise that the ABG goes beyond just the funny memes.
0: Absolutely. I didn't realise that there was so much cultural meaning behind it and, um, you know, subverting different
1: stereotypes. And again, to reiterate what we said, I just don't think there's one... Universal definition of what an ABG exactly is. So there's a lot of blurred lines of what actually is an ABG. So I think to just highlight what we said before, if you're comfortable with being called an ABG and you think that really best reflects you, then go ahead go for gold. If you don't, then, you know, you have your own views too. Absolutely. So that brings us to the end of another episode. If you'd love to hear more from us, please subscribe to Crazy arch Asians on your favorite podcast app. And if you've got a sec, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so we can keep going.
0: I just want to take a second to thank everybody who's rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us out. So thank you so much. If you like watching your podcast, you can also find us on YouTube under the same name, and if you want a daily dose of the best Asian memes, then just head to our Instagram at crazybiarchasians. I must give Juna a massive shout-out because she's produced all of these hilarious Olympic memes. So considering that the Olympics has just finished, head to our Instagram to check them out. They are so funny.
1: Oh, my God, Shaz, too cute, too cute. (laughs) On that note, please stay safe, everyone, and we'll chat in a fortnight. Bye.